0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, the founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks, Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler.
2: What's up everybody and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host Christian Fowler and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 digital content producer Kenny Stubblefield. And Kenny, we got a we got a couple things to talk about today. Um we are going to start and probably stay on basketball pretty heavily in this episode because exhibition games are coming up soon. The season is somehow right around the corner. It does not feel like basketball is about to start. I think NBA starts this week, right? Yeah, Kenny? it starts
3: tomorrow. The Grizzlies uh, tomorrow. Yeah, when this podcast drops on Tuesday, the Grizzlies' first
2: game is on Wednesday so crazy so crazy that basketball comes so quickly i wish football every year comes as quickly but we got to wait like eight months every year i know we're not a grizzlies Um,
3: podcast but how did you feel about jaron jackson getting an extension today
2: um i mean you know i'm not a big grizzlies guy but
3: come on okay we'll move on but i mean i mean yeah
2: yeah let's move on (laughs) we don't need jaron jackson talk on this but we'll we'll let uh we'll let devin and those guys talk about jaron jackson um, I'm excited
3: about it, by the way. Uh,
2: yeah, if you if you haven't, if you're not a longtime listener, Kenny is a massive, not only NBA fan, but a huge, huge Grizzlies fan. So he'll throw in Jaron Jackson and John Morant episodes as the basketball season <laughs> gets underway. Um but with that being said, Kenny, the Associated Press preseason top twenty five came out on Monday morning. Uh Memphis was ranked at number twelve. AAC rankings uh, came out last week, preseason AAC rankings. Memphis pretty surprisingly came in at number two behind Houston. So that's where I want to start and kind of finish this conversation. I really want this episode to be centered around how we feel about the season and, and what we feel from these rankings. You know, will they outperform, will they underperform? So I'm going to pose that question to you and, and kind of let you roll with it. 12th in the country, second in the AAC preseason rankings, too high, too low. What? Where do you feel like this Memphis team fits in? Do you feel like those rankings are fair?
3: I mean, I don't know. I mean, 2019, they brought in the number one recruiting class, and they were ranked preseason top 14, top 15. They They're ranked number 14, I think, right, Christian? Um, yes. And, you know, I mean, I think – tiger fans were excited about that ranking because it's the first time the tigers have been ranked in a while. And um, you know, the, the 2020, the 21, 22 season um, seems to have some more excitement. And I think a lot of that is obviously due to Jalen Duran and, and Imani Bates coming in. Um, But I think a lot of it has to do with the holdovers that were a part of the 2019 class, plus the transfers that have come in. Um, this team is just different than that 2019 class. I mean, obviously that 2019 team was the youngest team in the in in college basketball that year and and that's just not the case this year. So you've got you know, you got Jalen Duran and Amani Bates who are getting a lot of the press because of their rankings and because of the, you know, just the um infatuation with who's up next, you know, kind of thing. But if you look at the roster, man, like you know, I don't. I don't. I just don't see many holes. Um, you look at. You know, you've got Lester Kingonez, you've got DeAndre Williams, you've got Landers Nolly, you've got Earl Timberlake when he's healthy. Um, you've got just a bunch of players that are coming back that I think will probably serve the Tigers better than they did in the 2019-2020 season. So, if you look at the if you look at the preseason ranking, you know, number twelve in the nation. Um, it's a little bit higher than number 14, obviously. Um, I don't really know. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess it's fine. Like I'm looking at the rankings here and I don't have a huge problem with the teams that are ahead of, of Memphis. I mean, you've got, I mean, I guess my only question would be Kentucky, um, and probably Illinois, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I just don't think, let me ask you a question real quick. Do you think preseason rankings matter as much in basketball as you do in football?
2: No, no, definitely not. And I don't think they're super relevant in any sport, really. I think it's more of a fan thing than in any, anything else. Um, and I guess from a national perspective, it kind of gives like a barometer on who's expected to be good and, and X, Y, and Z, and, and that goes on and on. Like They can kind of put who they want in there. There are going to be some teams that are preseason hype. There are going to be some teams where it's just winter fatigue because they're such good teams that they're ranked high um, historically or in the past several years. They're so good that they're going to be ranked high. So I gen- generally don't put a ton of stock into them. Um, I will say I did expect Memphis to be in the top ten, though, because um, cause when you look at ESPN's rankings, they've been number seven for the past uh, two top 25s ever since they landed, Jalen and Amani. Um, So I did expect them to be a little bit higher, but once again, I don't think it matters. It's not going to affect where this team finishes. I mean, the last time Memphis was ranked preseason top 15, uh, that team didn't finish in the top 25 or go to the NCAA tournament. And obviously there are factors that go into that. Losing losing your best player obviously doesn't help those prospects of staying in the top 25. So there's always factors that go into it. Um, but I did do, I did expect to see them a little higher. And I want to talk about something that you hit on because I think you make a such a great point that is overlooked a lot of the times. And that's that this team is not a quote-unquote young team. That 2019 team was the youngest team in college basketball. I think this team has eight or nine juniors and seniors, eight or nine upperclassmen on this team. And that is obviously a complete 360 from that group that was the youngest in the country with mainly a freshman starting lineup. Um, and and I think you're, I guess you're like quote-unquote crown jewels or you're quote-unquote like high-level players or the players that are known by a national audience are younger. Amani Bates and Jalen Duran are, are freshmen. Um, so that's going to have a lot of people saying, you know, this is a young team. And yeah, two of their starters are going to be freshmen, but they're guys that are incredibly talented at the sport of basketball and both projected to be uh, top five picks one day. Um, but when you look at what's around them, DeAndre Williams, a guy um, that played every game last year that he was available to play for, you know, after he got cleared by the NCAA and everything. Um, Lester Quinonez, who's been on this team for two years now and has played a ton of basketball uh, for a true junior. Uh, Landers Nolly, who's played, you know, two full seasons, was the ACC freshman of the year and and then led Memphis in scoring last year. So you have guys that have played a lot of basketball. Um, I would argue that the nucleus of this team uh, that won an NIT championship is back. I know from a, from a bigger standpoint, if like from a, as you like to say, I'm going to steal one of your words, Kenny, but from a 30,000-point view, uh, this team lost a lot of players with DJ Je- Jeffries, Damian Ball, Boogie Ellis, some of those guys transferring and leaving. A lot of people may say, you know, they're missing a lot of guys from that team uh, that won a champ- NIT championship last year, but the the players that mattered the most to this team are back, and that would be uh, DeAndre Williams, Lester Quinonez, Landers Nolly, Alex Lomax are all back this year with an obvious – Injection of talent with Jalen Duran, Amani Bates, Chandler, and Jonathan Lawson, Earl Timberlake, um, Tyler Harris coming over from Iowa State, and then the other freshman Josh Minot, John Camden, and Sam A. Media. That Sam A. Media, there was a, a huge injection of talent into this team. Um, but even a guy like Earl Timberlake, who only played a few games last year before being injured, has been around college basketball for a year, has been around. Uh, some of the best players in college basketball playing uh, at Miami in the ACC, which you know is is one of the best basketball conferences. Um, a guy like Channel Channel Lawson coming over, spent two years at Oregon, uh, playing around some very very good players at a very high level program in Oregon. Um, so I I really say that this team just has so much experience. I I to me I think. And this is something that I think we'll see very relevant as the season gets started and as they get deeper into the season into conference play. It feels like this team has the perfect balance and mixture of veteran talent and leadership mixed with just absolutely phenomenal young talent. And you have to have that veteran experience and leadership to know how to win those close games, to know how to win those road conference games, to know how to win uh, in those tournaments like the NIT tip-off tournament. So to me, it feels like the perfect storm uh, for for a good team this year. That's just my two cents. But to me, that's, that's kind of where my stance is right now.
3: You hit on something a second ago that I think is key that hasn't really... And I want to be careful in how I position this because... I don't want to sound like I'm being disrespectful to past Tiger players um, because that's not at all what this is intended to be. You asked the question at the beginning of the podcast, will the Tigers outplay their ranking and their preseason ranking? I think everybody at the end of last year, especially the AAC tournament with the way that they played against Houston, those games, um, then moving into the NIT and the way they just dismantled every team that they played the consensus among most basketball guys and college basketball guys that know what they're talking about is that you take a look at the NIT and and there's obviously some some teams that just weren't very good but the the top level teams um, that are that were in the NIT are teams that probably were tournament teams, but just got phased out by the numbers, right? I think most people would agree that the Tigers were good enough, played well enough to be an uh, NCAA tournament team last year. And so the question you have to ask yourself, after, especially after seeing the way that the Tigers ended the season, um, one of only two teams in the country that ended with a championship, um, <laughs> NIT, mind you, not the one that they wanted, but – you you look at that team and then you say, okay, if that team in and of itself, that team that played that won the NIT last year, came into this season, where would they be ranked and would they be better than last year? And the obvious answer I think would be yes, right? Like because they're older, they're more time in the system, injuries of you know bringing in an influx of talent, you know, with the class with with um, um, John Camden and and. Um, Josh Minot and Sam Anu like those those three if you had brought in those three guys the team would just automatically be better Um, and so this might be a faulty comparison but you say they lost players and they did but look at who they so like let's let's take a look at what the starting lineup would be with um, if if those guys hadn't left it would be more than likely Boogie Ellis starting at the point guard role and Musa Cisse starting at the five. Do you think that the team is better with Amani Bates starting at the one and Jalen Duran starting at the five?
2: Do I think wait that was you confused the crap out of me right there? Do I think that this team is better with Jalen Duran than with Musa Cisse?
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Do I you
3: do. think that the team is better with Amani Bates than with? DJ Jeffries or Damian Ball or Boogie Ellis?
2: Yeah, yes, I do.
3: Okay, so knowing that the team in and of itself is would be better already this year because of the, the veteran leadership that they have, the, the time in the program, then you add two players to the mix who are potential top five picks in the NBA draft in the next couple of years, I think the team is just going to be automatically better. And and so when you, you ask about are they going to outplay their rankings, I think absolutely. I think that Memphis is probably one of the top five teams in the country this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and, and what we're neglecting and what we haven't even talked about yet is you brought on one of the – I mean, I don't even really think this is like a, a crazy opinion, but you brought on one of the best basketball minds – of all time in Larry Brown. Right. And I don't care that he's 80 plus years old. I mean, this is a guy that has seen more basketball than you, me and Brooks combined times 10, probably, you know, I mean, this is a guy that knows the game more than most people walk in the planet. Um, And and he, it. I'm not even trying to get on a tangent here, but it just seems so rejuvenated and so happy to, to be back on a basketball court coaching basketball. And it's a, Absolutely. it's a really cool sight to see because I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, you've seen this guy coach your whole life. I've seen this guy coach my whole life. It, it, it's pretty surreal to see him in Memphis uh, alongside Penny Hardaway coaching some of the top players in the country. So, I mean, just bringing him I think, going back to your point, if you were to take last year's team, copy and paste them with Josh, John, and Sam not even talking about right. uh, Jalen and Amani. And you add Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace, they're better. That team is a tournament team, easy, easily. You know, yeah, easily a tournament team. So when you when you when you get what they have on top of that with Jalen, Amani, Earl, Chandler, I, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to think about the leaps and bounds that this team can can make going forward. Because I think there's an argument to be made if that team makes the tournament last year, they could go to the round of 32, that they could win a game and get to the second round. So. All that to say, I know we've kind of kind of convoluted this a little bit maybe, but all that to say this team has a chance to be special. Yeah. Uh, this team, as you said, I think is a top five talent-wise team in the country, and they're one of the few teams in the country that has national championship aspirations. And I know you'll probably have some fans, and uh, obviously national media, they're going to be cautious of that because it's like, oh, you know, Memphis is so unlucky and just a snake-bitten team, that's mainly fans that say that. Um, but just looking at it on paper before the season has started, this is a team that has national championship aspirations, um, that should have a lot of success when, and if they get into the NCAA tournament. So moving along from that, let's talk about the AAC ranking. Cause I brought that up at the beginning of the episode. Um, how surprised were you that Memphis came in at number two behind Houston?
3: Uh, very surprised, but I think it, I think it, is indicative of what you see in the national media compared to what you see also with the coaches in the AAC. The referendum at this point, if the Tigers don't succeed, it's not on the players. It's on Penny Hardaway. All of the pressure is on Penny Hardaway. You, you look at most of the national analysts that talk about the Tigers. Every question that they have is about can Penny coach a team to a national championship I'm the, so tired of that so too, am the I way. I am too and that's the only have, reason I, that Houston is above Memphis in the AAC preseason rankings is because right. coaches have a fascination with Kelvin Sampson and he's a damn good coach so it's
2: he's in all it, this and this is no slight against no Kelvin, slight Sampson. To like, Kelvin Sampson he is he's one of the best coaches in the country hands down right like I'm honestly in the camp that believes if you gave Kelvin Sampson top five, top 10 talent that he would be in the national championship or in the final four pretty much every year. He's one of the best coaches in the country, right. hands down. I totally agree. Um, but I was talking to someone other day about this upcoming season and they were like, yeah, well, you know, they have talent, but can Penny coach? And I was like, what makes you think that Penny can't coach? And it's just like, well, they haven't been to a tournament and, it just doesn't seem like, and I was like, hold up, wait a second. Can Penny, he's had the number you know, the number one defense in the country for the past two years, and that doesn't happen by accident. That's called teams, baby. You, yeah, you just can't throw athletes out there and, and have a top three, top five defense in the country. It just doesn't happen like that. It's not just he's getting players that can play defense and throwing them out there. No, they're coaching them to that level of defense. And I know that there have been times where the offenses went through lulls and – whatever you can make of that what you want and we can sit here and go back and forth on the reasons that that's happened over the past couple years but penny hardaway can coach basketball penny hardaway knows the game of basketball and i'm honestly tired of hearing that it feels like that's all we've heard over the past three years and i get it you know people expected penny hardaway to come in and have some kind of crazy immediate success and win a national championship in his first year because he was or his second year because he was returning Uh, to his home state and to his alma mater and all these things. And it's just like those expectations were never realistic anyway, right? Something that we talk about here all the time is that culture is so important and building a culture is so important and it doesn't matter who you have, what's going on. That takes time to build. It takes time to build an identity. It takes time to build a culture. It takes time to build a coaching staff. It takes time to build a roster. All these things take time. Um, so getting off of that soapbox, Penny Hardaway can coach. I don't think coaching has been the problem. Has he had has he had learning curves along the way? Yes. Has he made mistakes? Yes. Has he owned up to those mistakes? Yes. Anybody that's coming into their first few seasons as a college head, head coach is gonna make mistakes. I mean there John Calipari still makes mistakes mistakes. Coach K still makes mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. They're human beings. They're not perfect. Um but I think we've seen Penny Hardaway learn and grow from those mistakes and adapt when things weren't working. So Penny Hardaway can coach, that's not the issue. Um at least in my opinion it's not. I know there are probably still some fans out there that think he can't coach and that he doesn't belong here. Um and that is what it is and a lot of people when a lot of people when they say that bring up 2019 and that look, he had. You know, he came in with the number one class and and didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, well, the number one player in the class played four games and then left. And nobody made and that the tournament. Team, right. And right. <laughs> exactly. But they weren't going to make the tournament anyway unless they won the conference championship or right. won the conference tournament. Um. But I I think that team probably would have been the number one, number two seed in the conference tournament had they had James Wiseman the whole season. Once Absolutely. Again, totally another story. Um, one of the yeah. ways
3: that you can see that I mean one of the ideas that you know I was at the barbershop a few days ago and I hear the same thing that you heard you had the conversation with the dude about well Penny this and Penny that and he hasn't made the tournament yet and uh, and it's it's like okay that's a fair criticism I understand that Um, but it is, that's not a I don't think that that's a referendum on whether or not Penny can coach I think that that, that question has been answered and I think this offseason has proven that as well like one of the things that a sign of a good leader, you talk about culture, right? Like a sign of a sign of a good leader is somebody that recognizes their deficiencies and how they could be, what they need to do to fix that, to, to bridge that gap for their, for the culture of their program. And he went out and did it. He got Larry Brown, one of the greatest minds in the history of basketball. He got Rasheed Wallace who, man, I'm telling you, Having been around Rashid now around the team for three three different um, on three different occasions, the guy is his the energy level is off the charts with him. He is bought in. He is all in, and I think that that is one of the greatest signs of a guy who knows his deficiencies and knows what he needs to do to push the culture forward at the University of Memphis. Is that's filling in the gaps on the on the 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 assistant coaching bench, and so he's done that. And so again, and we said this last year, we said this, we've said this a couple of times this year, that question about whether or not he can coach needs to be put to bed at this point. But that's the question for everybody for, for that is the hot talking point for national analysts. That's the reason why Houston is, is ahead of Memphis in the preseason rankings. I mean, you look at the, you look at who Houston lost off of last year's Final Four team? They are bringing back Marcus Sasser, incredible player. He's coming back. Uh, what's the kid's name? Um, Tremont Mark was a freshman last year. Going to be an awesome player. Fabian what's it? Fabian White is coming back. Going to be a good player. But they lost – who all did they lose, Christian? Quentin Grimes. They lost um, – they, they uh,
2: lost Caleb Mills early in the season, obviously. Caleb he Mills transferred. But, Justin but still, Gorham, that was a big loss. Dejounte
3: yeah. Giroux. I right? Mean, they lost the heart and soul of last year's team, right? And so, I th-
2: mean, just just Quentin Grimes and Dejon Giroux alone, like that is right. two of the biggest hits you can possibly take.
3: And so for 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 me, it was surprising that they put Houston ahead of Memphis uh, because of all that Houston lost. All that Memphis has brought in, Memphis' talent level compared to Houston, this is all about Kelvin Sampson and Penny Hardaway.
2: Oh, it's all about prove it to me, prove it to me. We're not going to crown you until you prove it to me. Right. And I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's fair. Like an, a to, yeah, that's not an unfair that's sentiment fair. or anything. That's a fair. Yeah. But but I did expect Memphis to be number one, and if they weren't, I expected it to be closer than an eight to three split on first place votes. Well, isn't it um, funny,
3: like the breakdown of the preseason basketball awards, like Memphis is littered all over it, and yet right. they, there right. was such a huge but, split. But,
2: but on the opposite side of that, do I still think Houston's going to be a really good basketball team? Yes. And yeah. why do I think that? Because Kelvin Sampson is their head coach. Right. And because we didn't know Caleb Mills' name two years ago, and we didn't know Marcus Sasser's name two years ago, and that team came out of nowhere to be awesome. Um, right. So all that being said, Houston is still probably going to be really good this year. That's good, probably going to be Memphis' toughest test in the American, regardless of who they lost, just because Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson and his staff, when it comes to identifying talent and coaching talent and scheming, it's one of the best staffs in the country. So, one of the guys think, that,
3: you know, to give Brooks some props, he said it at the beginning. I think in a text message between the three of us, he highlighted one player that's going to be playing for Houston as a freshman this year. His name is Ramon Walker. He, this kid, he, he, if he was on this podcast tonight, he would tell you, tell Memphis fans, watch out for this kid. He is. Yeah that guy, that Houston kid that Kelvin Sampson goes after that's going to be shocking to everybody in terms of how right. efficient and how good he is.
2: Right, and I think he told us that like maybe 9 to 12 months ago. It Easily was a, long a time year ago. ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, But all that being said, uh, we obviously know the hype that's surrounding this season. We know where this season could go. I mean, I think, Kenny, you tell me, but I think even Sweet 16 this year is probably very disappointing. Correct,
3: yeah. I mean, I think so.
2: (laughs) I mean, I mean, just just straight up, and 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 a sweet, you would never think a sweet 16 for a team that hasn't been to the tournament in what was it 10 years now, something like that. So long that I can't even remember the last time, (laughs) right? You would never think that that's disappointing, but I, I mean, I think a sweet 16 would be a disappointment this year if everyone stays healthy and if. I mean honestly just if everyone stays healthy if you have your full supporting cast I think a sweet 16 is probably disappointing. I think bare minimum fans are going to be expecting elite 8 and <laughs> knowing Memphis fans and no disrespect to Memphis fans because you know I love you guys, I think even a lot of them would be disappointed with an elite 8 appearance. Yeah. Um I think um, that but it, but, think it, think but, that it, this, but it's fair at this point. This is a team that 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 could win a national championship without a doubt.
3: Being from Memphis and being, you know, lifelong Memphian Um, I've watched all the Tigers since I mean I remember being a kid watching Elliott Perry play so I've watched every iteration of the Tiger team and obviously the gold standard for most Memphis fans because of where they went in terms of of in the recent past was the 2018 right the the Derrick Rose CDR Joey Dorsey team Um, obviously there's a lot of other players so don't get at me if i don't say your name but um you know there is every year you kind of go okay there's kind of that measuring stick right like how does this team compare to the 2008 team and i said this a few months ago this is the first time since 2008 that i have that same kind of feeling about this team you know you, you've you got the 2008 team you had a veteran laden team guys that have played together for a few years um, then with an influx of talent with a, a freshman like Derrick Rose, who was one of the top. I don't remember exactly what his ranking was. Brooks would know, but he was one of the top players in the country coming to Memphis. And um, you've got the same thing this year. You've got a veteran-laden team with an influx of freshman talent. And I know that Imani Bates is going to get all the talk. Jalen Dern is going to get all the talk. But we're not, we're also not forgetting about Josh Minot, and and John Camden and not knowing exactly what role those two guys are going to play but this team is stacked from on every position multiple players at every position and there just doesn't seem to be that much of a weakness at this point so in terms of expectation you talk about Elite Eight like would they be disappointed in Sweet 16 Elite Eight um, if it ended there yeah probably so because this team is good enough to win a national championship.
2: Yeah, 100%. And we're getting close, and it's so funny looking at the boards right now because you see everybody saying, just give me something to scratch the itch. I think I've seen that like 10 times in the past two weeks. It's like, we just need something to scratch the itch of Memphis basketball, and I get it. Uh, The hype is there. The talent is there. The coaching staff is there. Now it's just time to see what this team does. We get two exhibition games before the season starts on November 9th against Tennessee Tech. Uh, so we are getting very, very close to seeing what this team can do in live action. All right, Kenny, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Um, a couple little quick notes before we get out of here. Memphis got their first win in three weeks. Got lead. Did they need that? Uh, beat Navy last Thursday night to move to four and three. Got UCF coming up this week, who is also sitting in at where Memphis was last week at 500 at three and three another shocker there um, and I know that's always a fun game I know some fans most fans are ready for basketball season but it's still we're still in the midst of football season um so we should have an entertaining to me I think an offensive fireworks kind of game between uh, UCF and Memphis this weekend um, UTsa may be headed to the American Athletic Conference. Um, so it looks like my words from a month or so ago are really coming back to bite me. looks like I'll be watching a lot more UTSA football. So for our UTSA lovers that are still listening to us, um, my sincere apologies. No, 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 Uh, no, 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 no. no. Do you really, are you going to really watch more UTSA football? No, I'm not going to watch a UTSA game unless they play Memphis. Are you,
3: do you love it when they come into your mentions on Twitter?
2: Um, I don't even know unless you tell me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep the hate coming,
3: guys. With for all of the I know there's only ten of ten fans, but keep keep it coming. Like I love it. It makes me happy.
2: Whew, y'all really y'all really angered Kenny. Kenny is not a fan I'm of TSA fans. I'm not
3: angry. I think it's hilarious. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. We greatly see. appreciate it
2: could see a lot of road runner tigers matchups in the future as interesting as wonderful as that sounds um head over to the site at gotigers247.com <laughs> can laughing. slap him? uh head over I mean, to the south, site at- te-
3: our south texas numbers have gone through the roof in the last couple of months and i love
2: it <laughs> <laughs> head over to the site at gotigers247.com we got football we got basketball coverage um Kenny's still laughing he muted himself and he's making me laugh now um so stick around for all the coverage download all of our podcasts Kenny is absolutely killing our YouTube channel right now um I know you guys are absolutely digging all the Memphis basketball coverage that Kenny is bringing so continue to show him the love because he's doing an incredible job handling our digital content as he has for the past four years but with that being said Kenny you got anything else meep meep that's a wrap. Thank you
1: for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you downloaded your podcast. If you are interested in daily content, all about the university of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind the scenes information. We'll see you back here next week.
0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The chilling new original docu-series on Paramount+.